Hey, it's episode 8 of Letting It All Hang Out, the podcast where I, hello, yes, me, Haley Kalani, bring together a community of badass people that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest. Today's rad guest is Elizabeth Cates. After five years of working as a content creator, she started to advocate for a more positive social media platform, sharing her voice against influencer culture, shedding light onto authenticity, and making ethical choices when producing content. She loves to teach content creators how to share thoughtfully and help others understand the true value of influence and actually use it for good by standing up for someone or something you believe in. Let's go. Let's get into it. All right, Elizabeth. Hello. <laughs> How are you? How I'm good. have you been? I know we haven't ever met in person or even online. Like this is our first time ever really talking to each other. So I'm excited to learn more about you from you besides just all your social media and stuff. But from what I can tell, yeah. because you're such an authentic presence on social media, I think that the vibe that you put out online is probably the vibe that I'm going to get in person. That's the vibe I got from you too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Nice. That's exciting. Well, let's just kick it off because I want to know a little bit more about you and a smidge into your personal life because you're a mom, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) How has being a mom, an entrepreneur, a, you know, social media influencer, like all of these things come together especially in a time like COVID but pre-COVID and post um, and what's that like and how the hell do you manage your schedule and everything that you do? So before I um, became pregnant and I moved to the UK um, my husband is British so we met in Texas before then I was doing like just a lot of like creative odd jobs and the whole blogging and influencing thing was super new. It was probably just basically everyone in LA and the big cities maybe doing influencing that had that following. I was um, a girl from a small town in Wisconsin and I didn't really know much about it other than I really enjoyed photography and I really enjoyed um, you know, reading blogs and in- creating on Instagram. I mean, back in 2014, I was just posting like random pictures of me and my friends. I had no idea how powerful the platform actually was even then and because you know you have these veteran people that have been blogging for like eight or seven years or so and I've only been doing it for three so when I moved to the UK I was I was young when I got married I was only 20 but I didn't know the direction that I wanted my career to go in in terms of photography and the content creation that I was already doing and then I had my son and I was looking for something a little bit more flexible where I could still earn an income, you know, maybe like uh, I would as as a side hustle and how to do that from home. And I started researching, reading books, and I got really um, interested in the whole like mommy blog uh, in the community that that gave me because I didn't have any family in the UK. And it was me just meeting moms online that were either like me or lived in my area. And they had Instagram and we followed each other. And that kind of developed the community that I have now is the people that are back home that followed me before. And then now it's, you know, the stage of my influence or my creative journey. It was then the mommy bloggers. And then it brought on like all the social media people that I was following and all the content creators. So I think what happens is like a natural progression and every one story is different, but a natural progression to becoming kind of this content creator and then evolving into like this activate, uh, activate that um, wanted to talk about what it meant 
to actually share online and how important it was to make sure that you were sharing things ethically and like socially conscious and not just, you know, pushing and pushing product promoting and pushing things out there that are actually detrimental to people's mental health, which is huge right now. So now my mission is to open up the conversation about um, mental health, social media, um, the impact and the role that influencers and content um, content creators have. And not only that, but bridge the gap between the brands or companies that are so-called feeding the fishes, they like to call it, and really open it up towards these brands and these businesses, seeing these content creators as small businesses and someone that that they, they can u- utilize on a long-term basis instead of a short-term basis. So I kind of have two objectives that I'm going for now, but it's it's definitely a journey that's got me here. Yeah, quite the journey. That's so cool. I love, love, love. And you and I are on the same page with this, like using the power of social media for good things and good influence and bringing in big business into that good influence is so crucial. I think that uh, we've gotten so far away from just handing businesses our dollars and our, you know, these businesses being like, cool, buy more stuff, buy more stuff, buy more stuff. And, you know, no, no shade or, or flack for like we all want to buy cool stuff. We all want to have a fruitful, abundant life. Like that's totally fine. That's not my point. But my point is the conscious effort that we're putting into the things that we're creating, whether that's just content for creatives or whether that's an actual product or a service that should hopefully impact somebody's life in a positive way. And that's at least, you know, part of your mission and part of my mission, which I think is awesome. I want to touch on something that you said about just the specifically the keyword of the power of social media. Because I am a firm believer that, you know, when I think of powers, I love, I guess I don't really talk about this often. I love superheroes. I love like fantasy worlds. And so when I think of power, I'm like, all right, cool. You got, you have this big responsibility to take on with you. How do we use social media? Let's say for entrepreneurs, how do we use social media in a positive, impactful way to reach the right people that we want to reach and share a message with them, but also not cross that line into either Mm -hmm. inauthenticity or just accidentally doing something that's more harmful than good. Yeah. So there's two kind of aspects to look at it. You can look at it from a creator side, which is purely once you start to monetize on social media, you have to be cautious on what you're sharing because people are buying products through you. So you are going to be the first person they're going to come to if that product wasn't successful to them or something went wrong. They're like, oh, you know, you did like promote this and I bought through like seeing your thing, but actually this was my experience because I feel what happens is there's big brands that will go out and they will hire like a hundred handful or more influencers, send them a free product. And then they will just like produce something with very little information. And it's purely just like, like, Hey, it's me with this product and it's selfie. And it's very little information about what has gone into the research that you have to do behind the products. There are the partnerships that you agree to. So I think that's where it comes into your Using your utilizing your power for your audience. I don't, what the issue is, I think from personal experience is people are gaining these influences and they're gaining these followers. And then they're having this imposter syndrome where there's a disconnect from real life and their life on social media. They, they view their life on social media as kind of like an outlet to share their creativity, but they often forget the power behind it unless someone, you know, walked up to you in the street and said, I follow you on Instagram. And you're like, whoa. I don't even know you. Like, it's kind of like that 
sort of, you know, smoky mirror effect that you can kind of get in those situations. But then on the other side, you have brands that are afraid to stand up for what they believe in because they're afraid of losing customers or they're afraid of losing clients. But they also again, don't do it, don't do it cautiously. We have a lot of movements like social uh, movements currently that brands are starting to um, pick up on and monetize themselves. And they have to understand, you know, obviously both sides of things, especially when it comes to um, social issues. But I think, I think what the main thing is, is, is that that disconnect and that feeling of um sharing your life maybe only 30 percent on social media and then maybe not being as authentic a good example of this would be like promoting um a lifestyle that or product that you've gotten for free but cost so much money that you know your normal follower base probably wouldn't be able to afford that every day but you yourself are so excited about this you're like wow i monetized what i'm doing you know i'm getting really successful and it's amazing and i want to show off this product because you know it's a milestone in my career but what happens is, is people don't look at it like that unless you're a business like account or unless you're, um, you know, educating someone about something or doing something that is like, this is a business. What happens is, is people are looking at influencers and content creators as people and then they're buying them from the people. And that's where the, I think the thin line is where I, where myself, my job, I'm trying to kind of scrape them out of that hole and say, guys, remember, like the, people really think that's you, you know, don't forget, don't forget that sort of thing. So yeah, I think that I think there's two different angles that you can look at it when it comes to being um use, utilizing your power. So true. So so true. And and that what you just said about people buying from people and remembering that hey, the followers that are, you know, reading our message, who are commenting on our posts, who are liking our posts, who are looking at our stories every single day, those are real people. They are not just numbers. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's like this smoky screen because we can't see it. We aren't calling up our followers every day. They're not ringing us on the phone and being like, Hey, love your stuff. You know, you're, you're really helping my life every day, whatever it may be. You know, we don't see that. And yes, we see it to an extent, like you said, on, on comments and stuff, but it's not the same effect as when you meet a real live person. So we have mm-hmm. to bring it back to that moment of, Oh, right. What decision am I going to make? That's going to be beneficial to the people who are following me and that's still in line with me and my values and the things that I truly care about and believe in. And that's a hard ask too. Like it's so tempting to just be like, well, I'm monetizing my skill. And how how do we make sure that as creators or entrepreneurs to stay true to ourselves and stay true to our audience more importantly but also like monetize that shit like we need to also be able to make Mm -hmm. sure that we are uh, getting compensated well for the work and the energy that we're putting out and impact that we're providing Mm -hmm. for people yeah I think it's it's very difficult because right now there's this kind of um thing in the air where people are like I referenced before feeding the fishes they're sending out products and hoping for really high quality content and what they end up going to get because there's no contract in base there's no brief in base um, on the side of creators creators are just you know accepting freebies and there's loads out there that will just accept something and then what will happen is it will pile up in the pile and say I've got to get through it there's nothing saying to you you know this is a service that you offer. Once you start looking at influencers and content creators as a service, then that's when that line will fade. And eventually influencers will then see, I can say no to this because it doesn't align with my brand. I'm not afraid. I don't need to monetize right now. We're all, all a lot of people are concerned about is 
how can I monetize? How can I monetize? Once you get that out of your brain and you just focus, say focus yourself for like a week straight. Don't contact any brands. Don't page anyone. Focus on telling your story and understanding who you are because being a content creator isn't just someone that posts a photo online. You have to look at it as, as a business. And once you start developing a business model, your mission, your ethos, and understanding who you truly stand for, that's when the authenticity will come so naturally. And you will be able to create stories for brands. You won't just be, you know, creating a picture and then promoting it and saying, hey, yeah, I use this. Great. It's more about you telling the story. And then brands will be attracted to that because you have already told your story and they will just come to you naturally. Obviously, there's pitching involved when you have, you know, let's say Valentine's Day coming up and you're doing something at home and you're working on a blog post. You're Then that's, you know, when pitching happens. But I noticed after I started to understand and utilize my platform more as a, as a business with a business model that's when it was more becoming more authentic when I was just being an influencer for fun very inauthentic I would just like you know accept gifts and then I would say oh this is great you know free a free chocolate bar I'm gonna you know share everybody and then they would be like then they the same company would go out the next day and pay someone I'm like oh why did that happen because I didn't stick up for myself and I wasn't a business model I was accepting you know the food coming off the boat to feed, to feed us. So you have, once you start understanding that's, that's, it's like a mindset. Once you understand that, I think, um, then you will succeed as long as you look at it as a story to tell. So as long as you're telling the story and you're not just looking at it as a business where you're going to just pitch and monetize, pitch and monetize on just anything and everything. That's completely not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to develop a story and a mission. Mm. Oh, I so, so love that answer because it, it's true. Like it's a hundred percent true down to the core of, we have to get really, really clear on what the reason why we even want to do what we are doing is. And I like that you compared it to having a business mindset or an entrepreneur's mindset versus let's just use, you know, an influencer mindset where you're like excited to be sharing your life and excited to be making money from it. But it's like kind of all over the place where in a business yeah. mindset, it's like, all right, let's get clear. Let's get structured. Let's find out who exactly we're going to help, how exactly we're going to help them. And in what ways we're going to do that. And once you get really clear on that, it's so much easier to, you know, when a brand comes to you or when you're even uh, going after brands for them to come to you and be like, okay, this person's probably a good fit. Let me see. And then as the influencer, as the entrepreneur, taking that offer in and being like, okay, does this fit? Because mm -hmm. now I have these, for lack of a better word, rules or structure that I'm going to follow because it's in alignment with me. Mm -hmm. And if it's, you know, if it's outside of that box or if it's outside of alignment, then it's not for me. And I think yeah. switching from like you said, it's a mindset switching from like, oh, I'm, I, I have to monetize this to is this serving me and my future self or is this serving mm -hmm. me and my future audience? Yeah. And if it's not, it's no reason to do it. Yeah, you can make you can make a lot of money if you just go out and, you know, sell, sell yourself essentially. And there's loads of influencers that do it and make good money. But that's when they start to deteriorate the um, the reputation that we have in the media. Because what happens is um, everyone is human and everyone makes mistakes, but 
there's a culture on like asking, 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 because you're so used to receiving. So you're able, there was a, there was something in the media a while back, a story about an influencer who contacted like a small hotel and the small hotel was completely put off by it because it was kind of just like a template that they maybe never seen before. And they not really know in the world of social media. And they're like, why is someone coming to my hotel and asking to stay for free? Like they just <laughs> didn't understand. So what it is, is there's a lack of like, offering a service to the brand or something. So if you're an influencer and content creator that are in travel and you're, you're thinking about um, pitching something to do with hospitality, uh, the way, the best way to go about it. Now I've worked with Hilton hotels um, on a partnership and this is literally the best way to go about it is offer them a package that they cannot say no to because it's a story and you're not just asking for a free night or something like that. You want to give them a service. So you want to offer photography, you want to offer review, you want to offer these things while you're talking to them. And obviously when you, when someone comes up to you and with an offer for um, a collaboration or a partnership and it doesn't align with your brand or doesn't align it with who you are and your first thing is no, 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 no. What you have to think about in your mind is you have to switch it and say, okay, they're coming to me. They need to tell, they need to tell me why they are good for me. Because there's a lot of amount of times, and it's in the industry, both back and forth, where these templates are used, where it's kind of like these quick messages that are like, we love your feed can we send you like a box of candy and you post on it and that'd be great. Thanks. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I don't really post a lot of candy. Um, if you want to, you know, zoom, or if you want to call me sometime and we can maybe talk about how to develop a story that aligns with your brand that I can tell that maybe, yeah, that's a great partnership. So always keep an open mind to those things, but ne- I would never just completely cut something off. You always have to be able to negotiate and discuss and communicate, especially in the industry that we're in because it's so saturated. So mm-hmm. as long as you know how to stick out, I think you'll be successful. Oh yeah, that's such a good point. And I I think that it's so crucial as you said to make sure that you're giving and receiving at the same time. And it's a win, it's a better win-win scenario when we do that because it's a way better for the brand and it's way better for you when you can elaborate that story. And as like a possible bonus because you're going the extra mile and you're creating a story as you said, there's possible more income from that, more a better uh revenue from that collaboration whatever it may be. So that's very exciting. I want to flip the script a little bit because we've been talking a lot about entrepreneurs, brands, companies, more of the business side but a huge huge the other half really is all the people who Mm -hmm. are following these brands who are following these influencers and it they are you know as all humans are we're all impressionable so we see stuff on social media I've gone through this I'm sure you've gone through this where we're scrolling 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 and we have this competition versus comparison line that we're constantly writing. And I think personally think that healthy competition with yourself is great. Or if you have like a, a business partner or a friend, whatever it may be, um, for healthy competition with them is great. But then you fall into this other line of comparison. And that's where it gets really dangerous. And social media, to me, is a place where not only whenever you're scrolling through it, you're constantly writing that line, but it's really easy to fall into the comparison trap. Mm-hmm general advice for consumers of social media and how we can use it in a more positive way in our life. Yeah. So what I would say is when you're scrolling next, you have to tell yourself, am I comparing? Am I inspired? Or do I need to unfollow this person right now? 
because it makes me really unhappy and I'm like annoyed because I'll never be able to do that. Or the flip of it is that inspiration. So does that person have something that is obtainable to me that I can reach for in the next like year or so? Or every time I scroll their feed, I'm like, I'm not there yet. That's not me. You know, I just don't relate to this then just unfollow them because you can follow hashtags that inspire you. So if it's something to do with what they're producing or what they're making, you can always follow something someone else is doing because they might be doing it in a more authentic way that relates to you. And I think what we have to do is be mindful of our, who we're following and who we let follow us. So obviously that comes down to engagement and stuff, but I will go through and I will probably get rid of a lot of people that follow me simply because I know it's just not, you know, the right, the right match. I'm just like, you know, this person is not the same um, audience or client that I would want. So, I mean, it's okay for me to get rid of that to improve my engagement rate. I'll tell myself that. And then you have the other side where it's like, who am I following? Who inspires me? Maybe top five people that are on there. Are they creating content that I can create? And can I follow that to like become inspired to create that and look at that as kind of like um, a template of what maybe my feed or what I'm doing could be? Or is it something where it's like, you know, that's a little like not me, not authentic to what like I want to do and what I think my audience would appreciate seeing too. So I think it's a, um, it's a big question. I think it's very personal too. Yeah, it is really personal. And yeah, it's a loaded question because it comes down to a lot of personal awareness. Like mm-hmm. for each person, it's going to be different. And what they want to surround themselves with and what makes them feel good is different than the next person. I think in general of what you said of like, okay, is this making me feel good? Or is this making me feel either jealous or fearful or like uncertain or all of the uh, plethora of negative emotions that we put labels on? that does require like a significant amount of awareness. Why, well, I guess two-parter question. And you, you, it's fine if you don't know the answer because I don't know the answer is why I'm asking it. I'll try. Is, <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. Which is why do you think we do that so much? Why do you think we, you know, it's so hard to unfollow certain people even though we know we keep comparing ourselves or we fall into this you know, negative uh, feeling or mindset when we're trying to just scroll through and create a positive environment, but we go through and we're like trying to unfollow and we just can't, or we're like, why? I'll do it later. We make up excuses as to not do it. I feel like I follow and unfollow the maybe three accounts throughout the year because I'm like, okay, like this makes me upset sometimes because I'm not doing what they're doing. And then I get upset because it's like, why are they doing this? It just I won't ever be able to do this. But then I think to myself, okay, they're doing it and they're doing it successfully, Liz. Like you can follow them when you feel mentally okay to. But when you don't feel mentally okay to and you're self-sabotaging yourself, unfollow them for a while. And if you, I mean, like if they notice that you're unfollowing and unfollowing them, I think it's a little like, you know, keep it, keep it spaced out, you know? So it's not, (laughs) unless you really want them to know you're, you know, you exist and you're doing that. I mean, cool. Fair enough. But I don't, I personally would never, I've seen people follow and follow me all the time. And I think, you know, like, I think it's a healthy thing to do because if you're over consuming something that you're aspiring to, you almost feel um, defeated. But um, when you 
follow them back, you're, you kind of like reassure yourself like, oh, it's actually, it's fine. Probably like, I'm not that bothered by it. Cause I've been following them in the first place. So I think I've played it. I, I played that game a few times with a few accounts where I'm just like, I don't know yet. And then I'm like, oh, just, just saw it. Not, not, not for a while. Come back to it and then, you know, see what they're doing. It's okay. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like, I, I don't know if this is a weird analogy, but like mowing the lawn every week or every couple months. Yeah, and totally. Rose back and then you're like, okay. So it's this constant awareness. And I think it's great too. You're like, well, it's fine to unfollow them and refollow them. Like what's yeah, the harm? Yeah, because they change. People change all the time. So what they're producing a month ago could be completely different to what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. So I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We're all people. And I mean, um, you have to understand that people are, it's content that they're posting on social media. It's not necessarily who they are in person, like fully all the time. So you have some accounts like that, obviously, but if there's someone that is really like uh, a lot, you know, bigger, bigger accounts, I feel like I've just stepped up, stepped back a few times, you know, when it's like, it's not relating to me now. And then maybe they done a campaign or they're talking about something like, you know, I'll talk to them again. You know, I'll follow them again. Actually. I like what they're doing. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's, I think some accounts are, that you follow are super personal to you. So I have like four or five accounts that are like, these are my super inspirational accounts. I love these accounts right now. And that too, you know, I normally like, I'll never unfollow. That's just who I like. And then you have other ones, you know, follow everyone for high school. You follow your family and friends. You follow back some of the people that follow you in your circle. And I think it's really quite flexible when it comes to that. And then, but I do feel you find a community and you have your own little like, gang or your community and you all support each other and then there's a few people added you know here and there and there and here and I really like to keep them like close but when there's you get to this aspirational realm and the realm that you're like I don't know if I'm going to get there yet I don't know if I can you know reach there reach there yet excuse me but I feel like that's when it's okay to do the kind of unfollow unfollow game not I'm not talking about engagement don't go out and like follow hundreds of accounts and then unfollow them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a select few that you find to be like testy on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So as a recap, be aware, you know, when you get those negative feelings of either just suffering or comparison or whatever it may be and say, okay, is this person, is this account providing content that aids in my well-being or aids in my happiness and if it doesn't I'll unfollow it for the time being and revisit that thing later that's awesome I love that piece of advice and it makes me think of the amount of autonomy that we have as individual people like yeah if we're seeing accounts that make us not feel good hey you know you have the power to just unfollow them and move throughout your day and I think we forget Mm -hmm. how much power that we have and when we think of the, I'll go off topic a little bit, but I'll bring it back. Don't worry. So it also makes me think of leadership because Mm -hmm. I, when I think of leadership, you know, I was the type of kid that was more of the follower, loved to be part of the soccer team, didn't want to be the team captain, you know, Mm -hmm. loved to be part of debate, did not want to be the captain. Uh, And so but I, as I got older and I started doing business and entrepreneurship and coaching actual other people and clients, I'm like, yo, I got to become a good leader. I need to step up. I need to learn how to be able to do this. And what really changed my perspective on leadership was, wow, when we become better leaders for other people, let's say in a business setting, we become even better leaders for ourselves in either a family, friend, you know, personal life setting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful for people who maybe won't ever be involved in entrepreneurship or business, which is totally fine. But 
how can we become better leaders and present that on social media uh, for other people? I think you have to be an advocate for what you believe in, um, especially when it's something that you're consuming and you're passionate about, um, while being mindful not to overconsume on social media and not to be um, a provocateur. I think I think it's I think sometimes it's really good if you're able to do that in your own mindset. Like I feel like if you're a born natural leader, like that is really good to be. But when maybe you're like me or like you, when we're kind of just like we want to lead but we also want to make, I'm a Libra. So I always want to make people feel safe and balanced. I'm always like trying to like tread, um, tread on myself. So the topics that I like to talk about is what I feel everybody can relate to. And if you're not sure that you are ready to be a leader yet, share something that you know that you're confident on already sharing and you're not afraid of getting like backlash or something like that. I mean, I've, I've experienced the backlash recently, but it wasn't anything that I expected because my I mean not expected because my thoughts were already like this is what I want for social media I don't think it should be anything else so if you have something that I have logic we can debate about it basically basically about, about what it means to consume and how me and you are talking so that's what I feel like leadership is I feel like as long as you are able to have like a healthy open debate about something and you feel confident doing it then that's what you should talk about but if you don't feel confident doing that, then you need to find something else that works for you. Yeah. Talking about things that you are extra confident in or extra skilled in or extra whatever. Exactly. And something that you love and you're like, yeah, I could talk about this for an hour and this is part of me, who I am and what I like and enjoy. Yeah. That's so perfect. And it's a great advice for anyone really, whether you're in business or not in business to be like, okay, cool. Talk about what you feel really confident in. And because healthy exposure, are- sorry, healthy exposure is a big thing too, like following each side of it. So listen to people, obviously, but it, I think like as long as you're looking at both sides of the spectrum completely and fully, and then you're able to establish your own opinion based off that, that's what develops a good leader is yeah, making sure what- you're listening too. Yes. And not just charging forward. Yeah. Yeah. A really important distinction too, of like, Hey, get out of your own bubble a little bit, you know, have an objective perspective, mm-hmm. but talk about the thing that you are really you know gassed up about um as a because i i think this was a perfect way to wrap a beautiful bow around all of our conversation i wanted to bring up the topic of positive thinking which is something that we've been talking about already Mm -hmm. but let's go with more on the creative side somebody who's going to be pursuing something on social media whether it's Mm -hmm. a, a brand a business anything And positive thinking around our own story, because we've talked about, all right, we're going to share these stories. We're going to craft stories for other people. A lot of it is about creating, again, a story. When I think about sharing my own story, when I hear other people sharing their stories, like it's a very vulnerable experience. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to that comparison versus competition thing. Like you're always surrounded by all these things. For me, I've got, you know, this brain that's going a million miles an hour and saying, okay, what part of my story am I going to share? Uh, you know, is, is this important? Is anybody going to care? Like all of these thoughts, how do we bring it back to center and say, okay, this is how I'm going to craft my story. And here's how I'm going to share it authentically. Okay. So I think your story will naturally progress as opportunities come up. So say something you're creating or you're doing or you want to pursue pursue is a natural progression based off of what your past experience has been so far. So what have you done to get to X, Y, Z? 
And then how did that make you feel? Was it a positive experience? Did you have a negative experience along the way? And then what you can do is you can look back at that and you can touch on that and you could let everybody know openly how you felt, why you felt it. And that's what makes it authentic. And that's what makes makes people relate to your story because it's not just like hi I'm a billionaire boss babe like and I made ten thousand hundred million dollars this past quarter or something like this and what is missing is the story and how they got to that point because all it is is I'm sharing my success I'm sharing my success I'm sharing my success okay great but you started from somewhere and when did you start and how did you start did you what was your biggest downfall what was your biggest achievement what did you learn and when you pick apart those questions that's how you compile your story authentically and once you're open to sharing those that will attract attract your community and your audience that believe in what you're doing and like you said imposter syndrome I didn't know I was like really authentic that's what brands use and I'm like okay so does that mean my content's not that polished or is that a backhanded compliment I don't know what that means and then eventually that meant people relate to you and actually listen to you based off your previous experience and the previous stories you shared and that is a creative process because that is kind of therapeutic it's like, okay, maybe I'm successful now and maybe I'll be more successful in the future. But if I told myself like three years ago, this is where I would be, I would have never believed it because I thought it was just kind of just like this thing that was happening in my life rather than it was going to be this thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I love that. When it feels natural and you look back and you're like, oh, whoa, I, I did all these things or I was able to progress in this amount of time, which is amazing, but it feels natural. Like it feels like it was supposed to happen that way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Well, as a parting question, Elizabeth, this is the one loaded question that I give pretty much everybody who comes on to let not all hang out, which is if you could give one piece of advice to one person listening, what would it be? I would be, don't, don't be worried about, don't be worried about definitions. Don't be worried about being something that you're striving for, because I feel like as long as you're doing something in the now that's making you happy and it's setting yourself up for success and you feel like it's constantly progressing, then you'll be successful because successful is weighed in so many different aspects. It's weighed in health, it's weighed in money, it's weighed in family. So as long as you're happy, you're successful. Oh, I love that answer. What a beautiful way to end that. Well, where can people find you, Elizabeth, and where can they connect with you, work with you possibly, all of that good stuff? Yes, so I am currently based in the UK, but I have an audience that is worldwide. You can find me at Mama Kate, and that you will see my natural progression if you follow. If you go back far enough, you'll see the natural progression. And I also have a blog where I share lifestyle sort of content, and then I have a podcast called The Social Effect, where we talk about trending topics in social media. We touch on whole culture and kind of like spill the tea a little bit about those really touchy subjects in the influencer and marketing in social media marketing community. Amazing. Amazing. Definitely go visit all of those links that will be in the description. Connect with Elizabeth. uh, Learn some amazing things from her. And I'm sure that she is somebody that you will want to follow on social media as a positive influence in your community. So thank you again, Elizabeth. I had such a good time. I really appreciate you. And this will not be the last time that we chat together. Definitely not. You have to come on mine. Yes. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. And as always, I know I did. I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can send me a message on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. That's H-A-Y-L-E-E-K-A-L-A-N-I. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.